want to tell you guys real quick about our new protein bars and bites. We've got an excellent way that you can snack and increase protein levels, an incredibly high amount of fiber as well, low in sugar. It's a perfect add-in for any type of diet. And in addition to great sources of protein and fiber and very low sugar, we've added in over 60 plants. That means if you're not a vegetable eater and you're not getting all these plants into your diet, it's an excellent way to cover the bases from a micronutrient standpoint and an enzymatic standpoint and make sure that your body is getting everything that it needs. Get 10% off the Protein Bars and Bites or any other product at onit.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Onnit Podcast. We've got an amazing guest, Amanda Carlson Phillips, and she is the vice president over at Exos, an incredible company who has partnered with us, with Onnit, and we're going to bring to you many great products, many great supplements, and a host of other cool shit. So we take a deep dive into what Exos is, how she got there, what our partnership means, and what we're going to be bringing to you in the future. I think you guys are really going to appreciate this one. Check it out. And if you've got time, make the time. Leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out. Thank you for listening. On it podcast with a very special guest, Amanda Carlson Phillips. And you are VP at Exos. Is that correct? That's right. So Vice President of Nutrition and Research. Very, very cool. And uh, we recently partnered on it with Exos. We have a uh, a lovely marriage. <laughs> yes. I mean, we, and it was after a fast dating cycle too. So it's like we knew about each other for a long time and then we quickly dated and then got married. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's been awesome so far and we couldn't be more excited, um, about the partnership. Yeah. I'm super pumped. I want to dive into some of the future plans and things like that. Yeah. But first for everyone listening who might be like, what the fuck is Exos? What does this mean? Why is it cool? Uh, can you break down, like, what, what is Exos? Yeah, so Exos was founded in 1999, and our, our founder uh, is Mark Verstegen, and he had this vision and mission to bring together the specialties that he felt could really enhance an athlete's performance and, and put them under one roof so it was a one-stop shop for the athlete. So um, mindset, nutrition, movement, recovery, bringing together uh, the specialists, the facilities, seamlessly, seamlessly integrating them to enhance the athlete's performance and and that was his goal and his mission and so you fast forward from 1999 uh, to today and uh, we're continuing to do that with the elite athlete um, but thinking about performance well beyond um, the field of play and thinking about it in everyday life for uh, the employee of a corporation to uh, the military operator um, and in all elements of you know how do we become high performers in life and in sport I remember when I was at Arizona State University uh, on the practice field, I was looking over and I saw this like mega facility right next to ours. And uh, my, my strength conditioning coach was putting us through, I think, 100, yard, 100 yards for time at the end of a, end of a workout. And I was like, what's that big place over there? And he's like, Kingsbury, that's where you go when you're good at football. That's where you go when you're good at your sport. <laughs> and it was like a half burn but it was true. Like the more I found, I think you guys were API at the time. Yeah. So it's athletes performance. And, you know, the Institute had come because Mark was down in Bradenton before that. And so uh, I got coined athletes performance Institute. And so API carried on, even though it was just athletes performance. Mm. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I had heard that, that you guys took like anybody who was going to go pro and got them to that next level, you know, when they're, as they were prepping for combines and things like that. And, really we're, we're able to take people to the next level. And you guys have quite a few people um, 
with military contracts, right? You guys work with a lot of, uh, I don't know if we can talk about this. Yeah. Maybe it's secret, but but special forces personnel. We do. We, um, we've we worked with the military in a lot of different ways. And um, from the tip of the spear and um, providing uh, services, dietitians, performance coaches, uh, and other support services to be embedded with those groups that are very tip of the spear, um, but all the way into broad-based military as well. So uh, we worked with the Navy and developed what was called the Naval Operational Fitness and Fueling System, uh, which was a, a total redo of their training manual. So um, it was the first time the Navy had thought about reworking that and actually including nutrition in their in their training components. So um, you know we've worked with broad-based military like that, but then, you know, focusing in on very targeted solutions for that tip of the spear military. Very cool. And what brought you to Exos? Um, well, first, I mean, I'm sorry to hear that you went to ASU because... <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me. Because I, because I went to University of Arizona, oh, so we could God. argue for the next 20 minutes about the superior school. But... Um, <laughs> But no, I you know I went to University of Arizona for my undergrad. I grew up in Indiana, um, but was I was called out to the West um, when I was small, and so went to undergrad there. Went to Florida State for my master's and, and did one in sports nutrition and another in ex phys. And um, I wanted to do the the non research option for for the ex phys. So I'm like, I'll do an internship. You know, where can I where can I find an internship? And I Googled it. And so athletes performance popped up. I'm like, that sounds good. You know, I was an athlete. I loved sports nutrition. And um, I'm like, I'll go be a strength and conditioning intern at athletes performance. So um, I got in that way and was a strength and conditioning intern and in the midst of washing windows and, uh, you know, picking up plates and taking baseball groups for college athletes. Uh, they found out that I was a dietitian. And um, so Mark asked me to join the team in 2003. But you know, the reason why I came out there other than just being lucky and loving sport, when you when I walked into the facility, I can still remember it to this day, that Mecca that, you know, you would look at to uh, hopefully go to when you got good playing football. It was um, it was an incredible culture and a feeling. And uh, and I think that that's continued on over the last 15 years that I've been there. And um, it's absolutely the similar feeling that I got when I first came to on it. And so there was just something special about the mission, the purpose, um, bringing together really smart people to try to achieve a goal together. Mm. Yeah. It seems like a lot of people from the, from the stories that I've heard start as interns, right? I, I remember talking to Dr. Andy Galpin, who's a friend of ours, has been a guest on the show. And I think he had been an intern there as well. And it, everybody seems like, Mark has this aura about him, you know, as, as, you know, not only a, a man on a mission with a purpose, but a very clear cut plan in what he wants to accomplish. And he's, you know, looked at kind of like the way we look at Aubrey Marcus as like our fearless leader who knows what he wants and knows how to employ those things. Have you seen a lot of people in your company come up through as interns? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the internship program has been, and as we've expanded and grown, I mean, it's our best recruiting tool. And, you know, the second I'd say best recruiting tool is our mentorship program where people from the industry are coming in to learn the methodology, very similar to, you know, how you guys are, are running your education. And, um, you know, between internships and the mentorship program, you know, people come in and you either love it or you don't. And if you love it, then and you really work hard, then there's a place for you in that space. And um, as we've grown and expanded, I think now we have around 4,000 employees. You know, there's different verticals or there's different things that you can do 
in this realm of human performance. So um, having both of those avenues has been a great asset in in growing the business, but also maintaining the culture and you know what that feels like um, to be a part of you know now Exos, making sure that if you're at a satellite site somewhere up at you know uh, an employer site in in Oregon that it feels relatively the same, but it's a, it's an incredible tool to, to find great talent. Mm. And you guys have expanded quite a bit. How many facilities do you have now roughly? Well, you know, when you think about, when you think about the business, which still gets me so excited, I mean, you can love sport. I mean, I still love sport, but there's a long continuum of the lifespan, you know, before sport, you know, during sport and after sport. So you think about our elite athlete facilities, you know, we have five of our own, um, where we're running that tight integrated model focused on the elite athlete. Uh, we have another model of that that we call our power buys where we're working with some of our leading, um, some of the leading hospital groups out there that mm. are really thinking about, gosh, how can we get more proactive into the community and not just think about fixing people, but think about you know extending orthopedics into proactive health and performance. Um, so we have that part of the business. And then obviously the corporations, um, and the military, and you add all that up, and it's about 400 sites. Uh, that oh, is wow. that is Exos, and um, that is pushing this mission of you know how do we help to you know upgrade lives and improve human performance. Wow, that's it. That's a lot, lot more than I, <laughs> yeah. I thought. Um, what made you guys want to partner with Onnit? Gosh, um, you know we've had different we've had different nutrition partners over the years, and. Um, part of what I love about nutrition and, you know, clearly being a, an RD and just being passionate about the space is that it's always evolving and it's changing. And, um, you know, what's different about, I think, training than nutrition is that the end of the evidence-based recommendation for training is you pick up a weight, you know, you go and you do some type of glute activation. The end of the evidence-based recommendation for nutrition is consuming something. And uh, the growth of that consumable space has taken uh, great strides. It's taken curves and turns. Um, but back to the original question, why did you partner with Onnit? It, it just encompassed so much more than um, just a great product. You can make great products, but great products that aren't communicated effectively uh, don't get consumed. And so it was a combination of great people, great mission, great brand, uh, awesome products, and this commitment to pushing and, uh, and really pushing hard and to redefining what is it that people need to be at their best. And it was that approach and that thoughtfulness and really the the purpose driven uh purpose driven culture of what is on it that was that felt so natural to us mm. yeah great answer okay yeah <laughs> for sure i mean it's um like i said it, you can you can check off all the boxes on a lot of things um but it comes down to the people that you work with every day and the relationships that you build and and really coming together at a table and thinking about, well, what's the next thing we can solve? You know, the tactics become simple and the ways you can activate a partnership can be fairly straightforward. But but getting people around the table trying to solve uh, a, a bigger problem or, you know, create clarity for, you know, a different population as it relates to nutrition and training is something that we felt we could really do together better than with anyone else. Hmm. I love it. 
Well, let's break down what goes on inside Exos. Sure. So there's a number of things that I want to ask you, like A, B, C, and D. And one of the things that I've learned from being a guest on shows is that it really sucks trying to answer a loaded question. So let me just piece this slowly. Awesome. Load it up. <laughs> I'll piece it slowly. But, you know, you talked about it being a one-stop shop. And we let's just focus on the elite athlete for right now. Sure. So we can keep it simple or at least try to simplify it. When an elite athlete shows up, you take them through various training, food, supplementation, recovery, mindset. We, I want to break each one of those down. So talk a bit about the training. And obviously, that's going to change from a football player to a baseball player to you name it. But what are some of the things that you guys focus on that really differentiates you from the rest of the competition when it comes to training and bringing people up to the next level? Yeah. So, you know, it all starts with assessment. So um, there's there you could think about different different modalities of training or uh, different programming per sport, but it, it really is the individual. So, you know, we're thinking about people as an N of one. And so you're coming through an assessment process where we're thinking about uh, nutritional assessment, that's, you know, body composition, blood work, uh, looking at deficiencies and tolerances, et cetera, uh, movement quality assessment, where we're launching some really awesome uh, new functionality with, uh, it's a, um, high-end biomechanical capture, but not having to, you know, put yourself in a unitard and uh, a bunch of balls on your joints to uh, make it easy. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to get in a unitard? But um, most of our guys do not. Uh, but, you know, trying to really understand movement quality patterns. Uh, so first step is assessment across, you know, mindset, nutrition, movement, recovery. And then that's really what that's what drives the programming. And, um, and, you know, our coaches and our the way that we're programming from a, a fitness standpoint, we have a methodology and, uh, you know, they're going to program based on who that individual athlete is and, and what their needs are to help them, uh, you know, create more capacity to move, uh, improve their movement quality, improve their uh, strength, performance, endurance. Uh, and do that on the on the training floor, and then everything else, nutrition, recovery, is to promote that adaptation. So um, I think that's you know those are the key parts of the formula. Really thinking about assessment, driving that into the recommendation and the prescription, and creating an environment where it's fun to come in there and train as as a group and get everything that you need uh, to support you on that journey. So it would still be something similar to group training, but with a more prescriptive emphasis put on exactly what that person's individual needs are. That's exactly right. I mean, I think one of the misconceptions about Exos is that, you know, we have, I think we'll have just over a hundred combine athletes that will go and actually perform at the combine this year, that they're all having one-on-one training with our trainers. And, and that's absolutely not true. You know, they're training in in groups of 10 and, uh, and we think that group community element is really important. So it is group training, but group training with an individual focus. Everybody's in there working on things that are applicable to them and, you know, improving functionality and movement quality. That's really individual. Hmm. I love it. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, it, it has to be personal. It has to be things because no, nobody's the same and the same can be said. I mean, it's been said a thousand times on this show already and many others, but there's no one right diet for everybody. Yeah. So talk about how do you assess diet? Because it's obviously, I think people can picture in their mind, we'll assess squat, we'll assess hinge, we'll assess you know rotational things, where are your limitations, and then we can move past that. What are some of the tools that you guys use to assess food intolerances and what's right for one person? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things to consider, you know, when we think about nutrition assessment and, and making recommendations for nutrition programming is, 
the athlete's got to feel good. So, you know, the way you fuel should make you feel great in everything that you're doing over the course of the day. And, and that's, and that's highly individual. And so we understand the physiology of, okay, like these are, you know, this is the amount of protein about that you're going to need to maintain muscle strength and adaptation. Uh, you know, thinking about your carbohydrate metabolism, carbohydrate tolerance, this would be the level of carbohydrate, you know, that you, we think that you are going to need. Um, and, you know, then thinking about preferences and starting to really adjust and, and flex um, and adapt with that athlete and the nutrition recommendations that we're giving to them. So um, we're thinking about those those functional components of what we know can fuel performance. Uh, we're staying in touch with how the athlete feels as a result of that, uh, and then making adjustments from there. Now, with that said, you know, the more advanced the diagnostics get, the more exact the nutrition prescription can get. So uh, if we do food intolerance testing with, uh, you know, through blood work and IgG type testing, you know, then we're able to, you know, start to identify things that we might want to take out. And um, we wouldn't have that unless that person was really in touch with the way, you know, their GI felt. Mm. Uh, as we get more into blood markers, not, you know, health markers, but actual functional nutrient markers, B vitamins, like looking at markers of inflammation, homocysteine, omegas, vitamin D, magnesium, we can give a blanket recommendation to about how much you should need overall. And that's great. That's a great way to start. But now with that additional data, we can make it even more refined. So uh, to your point about macros, I think there's going to be some interesting stuff coming in the next, I mean, it's here, but to really apply it and, you know, creating a so what now what out of uh, genetic data as it relates to nutrition prescription, I think we'll refine it even one step further. So how does your body metabolize fructose? Um, you know, what would be the macronutrient kind of based on your genetic profile? How does your body metabolize vitamin D? Um, so I think those are the elements that will continue to refine our ability to make recommendations, but also all of our conceptual understanding of what is right um, because what is right is really what makes you feel great. Yeah. Yeah. And just to give like a little piggyback on that from genetic data that I've had broken down for me, um, I don't produce a lot of vitamin D. And when I'm out in the sun, I'll still produce a little bit, but not as much as most people. And I clear it very rapidly. So not only do I need a supplement with vitamin D, but I need a supplement with quite a bit, like 30 to 40,000 I use a day. And in doing that for months on end, taking it with fats because it's fat soluble vitamin, I still only got to the sixties, which is just in, it's in range, but it's not high, which might put a lot of people over a hundred. It might put a lot sure. of people, you know, an overload. So I think having those, those things is, is not only the way of the future, but it's, it's the way of the future for everyone, not just elite level athletes. It's incredibly important to be able to fine tune exactly what's right for you and to know like, this is how I'll not only optimize my health, but my cognitive function, my emotional state, how I feel and move about the world each day. That's right. I mean, I think we all have to start thinking about things differently as it relates to, you know, this kind of world of nutrition and, and, um, and training. But I mean, but definitely nutrition aspect, you know, what is right for one person may not be right at all for the other. And understanding, you know, that foundational code of how your body is going to operate, you know, your example of a vitamin D, but then pairing that with, well, what are your vitamin D levels? 
And then imagine thinking about, gosh, well, what's my biome? Like, you know, we're starting to get ready to be able to profile the gut. So like, where does it start and where does it end? Um, but it is changing that perception of nutrition intervention away from, God, I just want to lose a few pounds to, shit, how do I, how do I make the most out of my day? Not today, but every day for, you know, the next five years. And, and we have to look at it as a way to optimize performance in an additive effect versus just all these things that I have to take away to look a certain way. Mm, yeah. It becomes much more aesthetic might be the first goal. But yeah. ultimately, ultimately it's health. It's how you feel. It's how you operate each day, right? That has to be the main picture. It does. And even for our NFL combine guys, we, uh, we did some data collection a couple years ago and we were, uh, we were looking at the micronutrient and hormonal status of those athletes. These are the top athletes coming out of great college programs. They've, they are superb, right? And they're coming in to, to cross that next chasm into being even, uh, more efficient and more awesome and on the outside, they look like specimens, right? I mean, they're they're out there running their 40s with their shirts off. They, you know, are hopping on the scale. They're lean, mean machines. Well, our blood data, you know, showed us that not uh, one, so 100% of those athletes had not one, not two, but at least three abnormalities within their blood work that were related to nutrient and infl inflammatory status. Wow. And so it's just, you got to, we just, I think we have an opportunity to say, okay, it's not necessarily what's on the outside. It's what's on the inside to maximize function and um, just think of what we could be capable of doing uh, on any field of play or within our lives if we truly were optimizing from the inside out. Yeah. Yeah. And you think about those things downstream, like maybe they've been okay as a 22 year old man or woman up until this point, but two to three years into their career, that stuff starts to catch up with them. And then they, they see the end of their career through injury because infl systemic inflammation has been on overdrive, or maybe their body is being robbed of minerals from the bone because they're deficient in certain things. The body's always trying to create homeostasis. And if you don't address those things early on, it can lead to real problems later. Same thing with, with just everyday people listening to this podcast, you know, like everyone hears a story about, I don't know how I threw out my back. I just picked up my kid or I just grabbed the groceries from out of the trunk. And it's yeah. like, well, you probably ne neglected something for some period of time. And, and maybe the transverse abdominus was disengaged or whatever the case may be. But if we're not being mindful of those things and paying attention to that, it can come back to kick us in the ass pretty hard. For sure. And I mean, this, you're exactly right. This applies to those high level athletes, but it, it applies to all of us. The information is there. Uh, the solutions are there, but I think it can be difficult for people to connect in because it's, it is a world of science that is confusing to, to people and, you know, paralyzes, uh, sometimes with too much information, but it, it applies to everybody. And, you know, this shift of, you know, really thinking about optimizing the way you fuel throughout the day from the time you wake up until the time you go to bed will have a significant impact on the way you feel tomorrow and the way you feel in 10 to 15 years. Without a doubt. So let's talk supplements. Yeah, supplements. <laughs> Beautiful, wonderful <laughs> supplements. Obviously, this there's some some correlation here with food and, and training and the things we've just talked about. Not every supplement's going to be right for everyone you work with, um, but you guys have you know, and, and we can't we can't dive too much unfortunately into these wonderful products that we have on the way. Uh, I get a chance to work with product development and it's been amazing, you know, getting some of the questions on different things that you guys are looking for, because now we get to create a whole new suite of supplements 
upon your demand and liking. And on it, we'll obviously make uh, quite a few of those available to the public as well. But let's talk like bare base minimums, you know, something that we really haven't done on it. We usually create products that have a multitude of different things in there that come out of necessity. And so, you know, you look at Alpha Brain, Aubrey obviously had uh, quite a bit of partying going on. His parents wanted to look at his brain and the guy said, hey, the hardware's fine. It's the software we got to work on. And, you know, not long after that, we had the birth of Alpha Brain out of necessity. Um, we generally have not stuck to, hey, this thing works and we're just going to pump out this one thing. But now in our partnership, we're able to do that. And we've created, uh, I think it's okay to say, we've created an electrolyte drink, uh, creatine, monohydrate, as well as glutamine. Why were those three, and I think we have beta alanine coming as well, but why were those four uh, so critical for baseline stuff that, with what you guys do with athletes? Well, when we think about the world of supplementation, I mean, it, it's a critical part of your nutritional strategy. You know, we think about it as filling the gaps or uh, helping to provide your body with enough of the ammunition necessary that just can't be gotten through food and really optimizing those physiological systems that are going to be taxed in training or are going to be taxed and tried on field of play. And so that was the approach that we that we took and and you know where do you start with a product development cycle is you know looking at the on it suite of products and thinking all right if we added a couple of things here that would immediately upgrade uh, an athlete or an individual's ability to stay within the Onnit brand and fulfill their needs throughout the training cycle and the performance cycle. So, the electrolyte beverage. You know, we know people need to maintain hydration status uh, in hot environments like Phoenix or Austin or or any you know environment. You're going to be sweating more, uh, losing more sodium. That's individualized, but the sodium needs to re to replenish and replace are more than what's available, you know, commercially at your, you know, local Circle K. So uh, we needed to create something smarter from an electrolyte drink. And we're super excited about that. The athletes love it. It's, um, it's fantastic. And uh, we even during the meeting today with Aubrey, we uh, blended it up with some coconut water and made mm. a little slushy. So uh, <laughs> I watched Ian doing that. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's, <clears throat> it's fantastic, but it's functional. And uh, the glutamine and the creatine, those are things that you can dose up and dose down and at different times in your training cycle. So you might be taking strength and performance or, uh, you know, another product, but uh, you might need more creatine at certain phases. And the standalone creatine allows you to dose up and dose down uh, without, you know, having to uh, adapt or adjust any of the other nutrients that the core products are giving. Uh, same thing with the glutamine. Uh, you know, we talked about gut and understanding microbiome. As we understand that more, you know, more athletes in times of stress, more individuals in times of stress need a little support for the gut, and and that and glutamine can really support that. But it's at a it's at a higher level of dosing than what you would put in a combination product. So mm. we're really excited about collaborating on different solutions and thinking about how we can really round out the day through foods and supplements for individuals. Uh, to not have to go outside of the brand that they love and trust to, you know, optimize their performance. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to have these because obviously I, we don't make everything. I still right. buy some stuff that's not on a brand. Yep. And um, yeah, it's nice to know now that we have an excuse, a great excuse to be able to provide those things for people and then we can keep uh, everything all under one label. So let's talk a little bit about recovery because recovery sets, you know, it sets the, the, 
the top tier apart from the, the very close to top tier. And it seems to be the case in all, all elite level sport. Um, <clears throat> I was talking to Curtis Rayfield, who was a strength coach for the Golden State Warriors as they were winning all their championships. And um, I was like, tell me about recovery, man. <laughs> give, me, give me the juice. You know? And he said, well, the thing that we use the most is the Normatec boots. And uh, I've recently been put in contact with Normatech and they said that, oh, yeah, yeah, we work with Exos. We've got some Normatech out there, those kind of things. What are some of the tools that you guys do for recovery to really set yourself apart and make sure that people are getting the most out of their training and are able to get back to it quickly? Because that anybody can bust your ass and get sore, but how fast you recover really returns that or de- determines the completion of that cycle and the funneling of it moving on to the next phase. Sure. So, you know, the things that we think about functionally from a recovery standpoint is, you know, how do we optimize hormones? You know, how do we uh, get the ba- the body back into that homeostasis type state? So utilizing compression, utilizing cold and, and utilizing nutrition in a way that that really jumpstarts that process, but also making it a system that people can do, uh, at least in our environments and hopefully outside of those environments consistently. So, you know, recovery once or twice is great, but really making it a part of your uh, daily training regime is is a critical piece of that. You can't just recover once or twice and hope for the best. It needs to be just as important as your strength and power phase or your cardiovascular phase. So compression, cold, uh, you know, we've got a great physical therapy team that's, you know, thinking about uh, you know, things, elements like dry needling. Uh, there's a number of different modalities that, that come in. On the nutrition side of things, it, you know, we've got really three things that we're trying to do. We want to make sure the body's rehydrated. We want to make sure that the body's getting the protein and amino acids needed, specifically enough leucine to turn on mTOR and tell the muscle, hey, like, let's start rebuilding now. Uh, and then the right amount of carbohydrate to replenish glycogen and uh, get the athlete in their individual nutrition program back to where they need to be. So, you know, those are the things of how we're looking about, uh, looking at recovery from a, a physiological and metabolic standpoint. Mm, yep. As, as dialed in as I've heard, and I've definitely been, even though I retired three years ago, I'm still obsessed with this. So yeah, it's I very mean, important. it is. And you got to set up the, you got to set up the systems as well. I mean, I think as much as you know, we love the science and making sure that you have the right ingredients in there. Uh, I mean, talking about beta alanine, I think we, we talked about this the last time when I was here in October. It's like you're always trying something different, right? I mean, we were in the back measuring out beta alanine, and I was the one like shooting it with some, uh, you know, grape juice about 11 years ago when it was the research was coming out. So um, it really is about trying new things and creating systems for all of those athletes to be able to easily do that. Like they're not necessarily going to to measure things out, but from a recovery standpoint, you know, it reminds me we we were working with a soccer team over over in Monaco, so it was AS Monaco. And uh, we were going to their training camp in Spain and, you know, trying to figure out like how we were going to get these guys who were on the pitch two or three times a day to make sure they were recovering appropriately. So um, there I was behind the bar, you know, not making margaritas at this hotel, but (laughs) making making sure that they had their, you know, their post-workout recovery. So when they came off the pitch, they were able to come up to the bar, get the protein and carbs that they needed and then carry on their way. So as uh, as we think about the science, uh, making sure that you set up the systems to easily implement it into your day uh, is equally as important. Because if it's too hard or too complex or taste awful, you're not going to do it. 
Yeah, you got to have compliance. Right? Yeah, or adoption. I like mm-hmm. to think. I like to think adoption. I like adoption. <laughs> Paul Check. Uh, I was just spending a weekend with Paul Check, who's an absolute wizard. He's been a guest on the show, and I asked him what's the greatest form of meditation. You know, he has this famous quote: "The greatest form of meditation is the one that you'll do every day." It's not Tai Chi, it's not Qigong, it's not sitting quietly in a room, it's the one that you'll do every day. And I think that's, that can be said for any type of recovery aspect. You know, there's, everyone says work hard, rest hard, if they're in the know. You know, you have to know that, but what does that look like? It doesn't mean sitting on my ass watching reality TV or playing video games. It means active recovery. It means pushing stuff back into my bloodstream so I can properly process metabolic waste and enhance how fast I speed my recovery, working with cold and different things like that. And I think the more available you make it and the simpler you dumb it down, the easier it is to, to gravitate towards that and be consistent, right? Yeah, you have to come up with the systems. I, I, you know, I think when you think about developing your training program or, or how you're going to go through uh, different cycles of training, you're very systematic about that. And uh, what's going to be the load? What's going to be the recovery? Uh, how is this going to build over the course and periodize over the course of a year? And the nutrition element is oftentimes like a little a little willy-nilly, like a little softer, and that people don't have the same type of approach or systems around that. And uh, by just putting that little bit of strategic focus around what is going to be the nutritional complement to that training program that you've worked so hard on, that's when people really start to see the additional gains. But you have to be able to do it and adopt on a regular basis. Mm. Adopt it. Adopt it. it. Let's talk a little bit about mindset. So obviously it's incredibly important whether you're a golfer or mixed martial artist or one of the people on the front lines defending our country. Mindset is is incredibly important and not just mindset in competition, but mindset outside of training. How, what are some of the techniques and and ways that you guys help enhance that for the people that come through Exos? So when we, when the four pillars were created and, uh, and mindset is, is clearly the first, I think, Uh, Mark, myself, Craig Friedman, who is another leader on our performance innovation team, would say, you know, should we have called it more brain performance? Uh, But the mindset takes on two, it's like two headed monster in our environment. The first is just from a behavioral standpoint. So uh, we've been talking a lot about behavioral components, and it really is understanding behavioral psychology. And uh, with all the people that and different types of people that we're working with, how do we get them to adopt that behavior? How do we get them to upgrade their lives? So um, a lot of mindset for us is you know, really understanding our behavioral model, uh, the stage, our kind of interpretation of the stages of change to allow us to meet people where they're at, to give them solutions that they're ready for so that they can continue on this journey. And uh, so we have spent a lot of time, a lot of effort, and uh, a lot of time refining what is our behavioral approach to upgrading performance to get people to take action. But then there's, you know, the other component, which is, uh, you know, how do we, how do we really help to focus and, and reset the brain? And, you know, what do we do uh, to help enhance when we need to be hyper-focused? What do we do to help um, balance things out from a parasympathetic standpoint? So, you know, we think about brain and mindset from a physiological standpoint as a what is the nutrition that impacts the brain? What is the recovery that impacts the brain? What's the right type of movement that impacts the brain to the type of function that we want? So, uh, you know, that's how we think about the world of mindset for our athletes and for really any, any individual out there behaviorally and then the rest of the human system to optimize uh, what is above the neck. 
So do you guys have meditation practices that you go through or is it more based on heart rate variability? And you, you spoke about the parasympathetic. Obviously, that has a huge role in the nervous system. It is the fucking one half right. of the nervous exactly. system, but but it has a huge role and impact on our heart rate variability and inevitably our recovery and our mindset. What are some of the tools that you guys use? Do you use visualization? What are the different techniques? Absolutely. So I, you know, it, it depends on on what the you know the athlete or the individual is really striving for. But uh, we do have meditation protocols. Uh, we have um, deep breathing cadences and protocols to. Uh, either excite or relax that are implemented into the training. Uh, we've utilized heart rate variability in varying capacities. It's hard to make that, you know, accurate. And sometimes mm. it's challenging to use that type of data. Um, but we're looking, we have integrated that into uh, into the methodology and you know, have it for the coaches to be able to to counteract. But it's uh, it's also looking at the other side around how, um, how are the athletes performing overall on the field of play and, and how are they feeling? And then being more uh, cognizant of other modalities and tools that they might need to integrate back into their training, back into their day uh, to ensure better recovery so that uh, things become more imbalanced. So there are definitely those specific modalities, meditation, breathing, um, you know, looking at hot, cold contrast, uh, other components. But you know, those things really fit under the, the recovery bucket that optimize brain performance. Mm. Yeah. So what do you guys have? What are your goals really going forward? Because you guys have taken this company when I was at ASU, shit, 12 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> to you should have come over. I would have been there. You come. You could have come <laughs> in the back. Awesome. We could have mixed up some beta alanine shooters. That would have been yeah. awesome. You guys would have been like, uh, you can mop the floors. <laughs> no way. Yeah. We would, have, we would have set the timers up out on the turf that we shared with you guys. You could have run out there. Very cool. What are you guys, what are you guys thinking um, as far as where you see the company going in the future? Because you've come so far already. You've accomplished so much. And obviously, you know, with our partnership, the sky's the limit, in my opinion. But what do you guys have envisioned? Well, at this point, it is our main strive and like where we're pointed toward is how many lives can we reach? And we we want to do that out of the purest place of wanting to help people be at their best and help to uh, streamline the information that is out there and provide systems and solutions to as many people as possible. And if you've looked at the history it started with the elite athlete, moved into the elite operator, got into the corporate wellness space, you know, broader military. Uh, but a new avenue for us now is, uh, and one of the things that we'll be working on with Onnit is, is thinking about the physical therapy space. So is there an opportunity to reinvent what is physical therapy and uh, optimizing not only the clinical component of physical therapy, but, you know, what happens after the the fixing and the physical therapy is done and that transition back into performance. So um, that's an area that we'll be focusing on pretty heavily for, for the next year and, you know, foreseeable future to come. But thinking about the, the Onnit partnership with Exos, it's that same vein of, you know, how many people can we, can we reach together, meet them where they are, provide them with solutions across mindset, nutrition, movement, and recovery and, and help them, help them reach what they're looking for and reach their goals and, and do that together. So um, I know that's not a, a very direct answer of like, we're going after this market or this demographic, um, but we just want to help as many people as possible and play that small role 
and having them be at their best. No, I think I think it's 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 the answer, really. Yeah. If we think about a big a big thing that I've spoken about with Aubrey is, you know, you look at the world today and there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of people that are in pain mentally, physically, and emotionally. And what is the low hanging fruit? Physical, right? If we if we and we now know just looking into the microbiome. I've said this before, but how you know eighty to ninety percent of our neurotransmitters are created by the bacteria in our gut. So it's not like that cheat meal is just going to put five pounds on me. It's going to fuck up my cognition. It's going to fuck up how I feel, how I operate in the world, my perception. Right. And so the largest group out there is the general population. And these are the ones that perhaps need the most work. These are the vast majority of people listening to the show are, are not elite level athletes. So how do we communicate to them? How do we work on the things that are necessary for everyone to start improving their lives so we get more out of life, so we increase our quality of life. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's where that's why we're all in this. And you know, when I think about it from a science and a nutrition perspective, you know, it is about the systems you set up and also how you communicate it. You know, back in the day, we had five nutrition principles, and they were very they're very authoritarian. It's like eat clean, eat often, hydrate, recover, and mindset, which was confusing because you know we have the other pillar. But after some work and a couple years ago, we're like, God, we're missing the emotive part of that. And to your point about the the cheat meal, you know, like totally fucking up your 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 biome and uh, setting you back and what you're really trying to achieve. It's not about good or bad, but it's about that that's going to set you back. But we had to think about, well, how do you communicate to someone where they want to make the right choice? And we needed to make principles that were that were more emotive, and that was, you know, eat with purpose fuel for impact, aim to sustain, devour life, which is like get excited about flavors and fabulous food. And then lastly is make it about you. And you know, back to earlier, really understanding what is your makeup and what does your body need to be at its best. And so trying to communicate and inspire people through a different nutritional message uh, will hopefully get them at that point of decision-making of, well, what is it exactly that I'm gonna stick into my mouth to make the better decision at that point in time, which creates more capacity in the future. Hmm. And so was the plan then to have, you know, obviously you guys have a number of locations, but will you branch out into locations that are more geared towards general population or will it be more online based? Yeah. You know, our, I would say like thinking about our distribution in a way, I mean, it's, it's through the employer. So we reach the general population at, um, you know, 200 employer sites, but it's through, you know, employers. And uh, so we're, you know, we're not planning on going direct to consumer and and opening up uh, gyms, nor are we, you know, thinking about online platforms that, uh, that are, you know, going to be available to the masses. But, you know, that being said, we want to kind of embed and uh, help to empower other types of technology. So, um, you know, whether it's the bridge platform or, uh, the Dari technology that we're integrating some of our IP in to really make sense out of movement quality, uh, that's where we can see uh, helping to reach more of the masses through the experts that are are working with them, so through the trainers 
and uh, physical therapists that are applying those solutions. Can you break, I'm not familiar with Bridge or Dari, can you break that down? Yeah, so the Dari system is uh, is technology that, uh, it was back to the unitard. So it's, you walk <laughs> into a room and you can imagine uh, cameras set up, uh, you know, think about your bedroom and you've got cameras set up at, at various points on the ceiling. And uh, yeah, that sounds terrible. <laughs> sounds like Aubrey's bedroom. Yeah, I could imagine. So um, not those type of cameras, but if you imagine that, so you have those cameras up there, you walk in and what we've done is, is we have uh, a movement screen, which which is what we call our movement quotient, and we used to do uh, we used to do uh, the functional movement screen. It served a lot of purpose, but it's it's a it's a good screen. But through the biomechanical analysis, your understanding of movement patterns can be that much better. So uh, you walk into this room, uh, you stand. The technology ultimately gets like a virtual skeleton on your body, and you do these you know series of five to ten movements. And by doing that, we've worked within the system to create a scoring and then corrective exercise mechanism to uh, help correct those uh, issues with your movement patterns. So if you think about that and your ability to quickly assess uh, and create a so what, now what out of movement quality can, can solve so many problems. I mean, our when we look at our book of business and of the we did a meta-analysis last year at different risk factors, 48.5% of the people that we were working with um, within the corporation and the retired athlete markets said that they were in pain at a level that was high enough that it impacted their activities of daily living. And so you think about the opioid epidemic, you think about how we think about pain is to treat the pain when so much of it is actually coming from a biomechanical route. And so this type of you know partnership with Dari and thinking about our IP and their technology to rethink how we consider movement and improving movement quality to reduce the pain that our population is in. Yeah, everyone's in pain. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's it's uh, it's funny because we only have these two avenues. It's it's either get surgery or take this pill the rest of your life, and that's often the case for for much of what ails us. It's not a prescriptive on the front lines. This is how we'll fix you and you won't need surgery for it. Or if you do, we can rehab you and then you won't need it again. Right. But if it's a movement pattern, ultimately you might need to get multiple surgeries because you're still going to be impacting that joint in a way that you're not supposed to. It makes, it makes so much more sense that if we think of health preventatively and we work towards the goal of ultimate health, that we'll see far less issues with our current health insurance crisis and the baby boomers all getting sick at the same time and everything that we have to deal with as a country and a civilization. Yeah. I mean, it, it comes back to just having better tools to assess and then making people aware that that information is available and making that accessible and understandable and relatable and real to people. And so, um, you know, many times people come to us because they are in pain, you know, and, and they need that to, to be fixed. And I think about even like diabetes, which isn't pain related, but you think about people that are struggling with metabolic syndrome or, or diabetes, and then we ask them to be more active and, and, but they're in pain and they, they can't even start moving yet. So anyways, if we can think about how do we better assess movement quality, uh, think about pain and movement quality at the root, which is, you know, fundamental movement patterns, improve that. I, I think, I think we solve a lot of problems.
Yeah, I do too. So is that available to the public, this Dari? Is it is it somewhere people can go? Is there a place for general population or people that are uh, a little bit obsessed like myself still that would love to get screened? Not yet. It is, uh, it is not uh, completely commercially available. But, you know, we're in the development cycle in that partnership of uh, creating, like I said, that so what now, what the scoring and the movements. And our hope is that, you know, we'll be able to go out and set up those, uh, set up those, those bedrooms. You know, those cameras in any room uh, in different in different places to be able to get the assessments done. So I would say that it's coming. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, where can people uh, where can people follow up with you? Do you have uh, social media things like that? Yeah, we do. I, you know, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I mean, being the you know nutrition lady and the researcher, but yeah, you know, um, our website is uh, www.teamexos.com, and you can follow Team Exos on uh, any of the social handles. Very cool. And personally, do you have anything people can contact you? At? Yeah, or just write you an email through the website. Yeah, you know, the no personally, absolutely. If there was a follow up needed. Um, you know, my email address is, is a Carlson at teamexos.com. So, um, I always love to hear from people and answer questions. So Very cool. we don't be shy. Quite a few questions. And I'm sure from, from a podcast as detailed, we'll get some more questions from people. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks a lot. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. We'll have you back on. Thank All right. You. Thanks. Thank you guys for tuning into the Onnit podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed this deep dive into what Exos is and our partnership together. We have a lovely marriage and a sister company we can work with now. Lots of cool shit to come. I can promise you that. Working with product development and a lot of the stuff that we're going to develop from a supplement side, that alone will be uh, pretty groundbreaking. So definitely excited for the future and what that holds. Thank you guys for listening. Please leave us a five-star review. It helps to get the word out. And if not, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your sister, tell your cousin, tell your mother, tell your teacher, tell everyone you know to listen to the Onnit Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.